Hello and welcome to Soul Droid Podcast, episode number 131. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And it's just us. We are alone. We're, we're doing something new this episode, not entirely by choice, but uh, we're running a two-man show and we're actually in the same room, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it is. It's kind of fun, though. I know. Actually, we're on the same mic. Yes, it's because my mic is full of awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get into any more awesome, we want to uh, give a shout-out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. And uh, that's kind of it. We have some other sponsors coming down the pipe, but... uh, There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. We just need to make it all happen. Don't want to jinx it. You know what else is coming down the pipe? The ninth Annual Podcast Awards. Now, you listeners nominated us last year, and we got to the finals because of you guys. Well... We'd like to take it all the way this time. Uh, we would ask when the nominations open on October 1st, you go to podcastawards.com. The uh, link will actually also be in the show notes and the banners right there on our site as well. And nominate us in technology. We, uh, we're hoping to, uh, to take home the award this time. Yeah, last time we were up against some pretty heavy competition. Uh, you know, the Mythbusters, they're impressive uh, with Tested. But I'd like to, I'd like to win. It's an honor being nominated. <laughs> although, although, yeah, it is an honor just being nominated. And I always thought that people that said that were losers because play to win or don't play. But seeing the competition we were up against last year, I mean, it, it really was truly an honor just to be nominated because there were some amazing podcasts that we were up against. But Definitely. Keep us in mind because... We want to win. <laughs> well, okay, uh, into our headlines this news, and we actually have quite a few. This week uh, started off kind of like an old favorite. Mostly BlackBerry news, actually. BlackBerry finally launched their BlackBerry Messenger for iOS and Android. Do you remember that uh, we talked about over a year ago saying, hey, maybe you guys should launch this for other services? And they didn't. And they finally said that we're going to, but not yet. Then they advertised that they had, even though they hadn't. Well, this time it didn't work out much better. It turns out a cracked copy of the Android distribution leaked out onto the web, and it launched for a million users. That single million users was enough to overrun their servers and crash it, so they had to go back in and say, okay, the iOS version is suspended indefinitely, and we've disabled the cracked version from working. Now, a million sounds like a lot. And in fact, if we had a million listeners, we'd be freaking out too, right? I don't think our site could handle it. But when you're talking about cell phones, a million really isn't that much. So how did this crash their entire infrastructure? I don't know. I'm just thinking it's a good thing it wasn't an actual launch. Because if they had launched iOS and... and no, That's the thing. It was the actual launch. No, it, it was a it was a leaked version, though. It, it, it was a leaked version to the launch. It just it went out to more people than they expected. Yeah, but I mean, if, if they had if they had just put it on the Play Store or or the App Store and said have at it, and ten million people all of a sudden jumped on it and installed. Are there ten million people that own Blackberries? Um, I don't know. I think it's only one million. <laughs> only one million, one point one million active users in the first eight hours, and that managed to crash the server. And I guess that kind of does bring up an interesting question that Zoner just kind of touched on there. Does that mean there's less than a million active BlackBerry Messenger users currently? Because if the system isn't built to handle that many users already, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I didn't think of that, but you know, if you've got 10 million people all of a sudden trying to jump on your system, that's not going to look good when it crashes, but you know, they botched their fake launch and 
crashed it anyways. They're so. spinning it a little differently. They are spinning it that there was just so much enthusiasm, and they're so excited to see everyone so excited to have it out there, and just a lot of a lot of excitement. Trying to lead away from the fact that, but that excitement managed to break the company. <laughs> Uh, and the company was already pretty broken to begin with. <laughs> um, and on that, and this one's not really fun, um, though I laughed when I first saw the first part of the headline. The first part of the headline was that this quarter, BlackBerry managed to announce another $1 billion loss. This is not their first time losing the Big B. In fact, I think it's their third. They lose money faster than the U.S. government. Well, yeah, and that takes a lot. But... Another billion dollars. Unfortunately, they can't keep their head above water anymore, and they had to cut 4,500 jobs. Which sucks for those 4,500 people and their families. That's a lot of people. That is. I dare say... Now, BlackBerry is based out of Waterloo, uh, which is uh, it's outside Toronto. Waterloo is kind of like one of those corporate towns. It's not an actual city so much. It's kind of like Reston, Virginia. Yeah, people do kind of live there. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses, but it all shuts down at 9. It's mainly business park. I don't think there's 4,500 people in Waterloo. Yeah, I don't know. That's, But you figure, you know, if they're married, that's 9,000 people. If they've got kids, I mean, you could potentially be looking at 10,000 people that are affected by that, maybe even more. That's that's really sad. That's, that's just full of suck for whoever I, is there. I take that back. Waterloo has 98,000 people. It's the 52nd largest metropolis in... Canada. That's a hell of a big business park, Zook. Well, okay. <laughs> well, maybe the part that I saw wasn't actually the entire town. Maybe I'm just talking out of my butt when it comes to Canadian villages. I don't know. Is 98,000 a village? Sure, I guess. <laughs> it takes a village to raise a company. Um, on top of that, BlackBerry's manufacturing partner um, decided to bail out. Now, this confused me, actually, because I thought they had done this already, but it turns out they had actually just halted manufacturing. This was back a year ago when the playbook wasn't selling. When they had, like, a hundred million dollars in inventory or something. Yeah, their manufacturers stopped making uh, stuff for them. Well, they got back in touch with them. They they worked things out. Uh, the company is Jabel, Jabel Circuit. They've decided to drop BlackBerry. They're moving on from it. They don't want any part of BlackBerry anymore, which kind of sucks for them, because BlackBerry was actually their second largest customer after Apple. But it's enough that they're saying, no, no, no more of this. And finally, 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 as if as if everyone wasn't happy enough with my embarrassment and being wrong, they're finally deciding to sell. BlackBerry has entered agreement uh, with Fairfax Financial in buying the company up. Now, I'm not really sure what Fairfax does, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know, isn't that like a city in Virginia or something? I, I know Fairfax is the name of a couple um, financial institutions, and I guess that makes sense that this is the financial institution I'm referring to. But it's odd, I think, that a financial consortium wants to buy a mobile phone manufacturer. It's not another tech company, it's a bank. Are they looking for the patents to turn around and resell them? Or I, I think that, too. Um, but no one has brought up exactly how big BlackBerry's patent portfolio is. I believe BlackBerry has been selling off their patents for many years just to stay afloat, kind of like what Motorola did before Google bought them. Uh-huh. And so I don't know if they have a lot of patents left to sell. But even that aside, does a bank want to get into the patent business? Or are they just trying to... Maybe they're going to flip the company. 
hand it over to investors, let the... Yeah, yeah, I mean, let it go into foreclosure, like all the houses that you see, go up to Blackberry's facilities, and they're paying some 12-year-old to mow the lawn so that they can sell it, and it looks No, no, good. no, they hire goats. It's the new in thing in the tech <laughs> oh, world. You hire oh. goats to do the lawn. Oh, okay, okay. So you got a bunch of goats up there, but then you got to watch your step. Uh, when you go show the place off, so I don't, I don't know. This just, this really makes no sense to me. I'm, I'm not financially uh, inclined enough to know. Now, um, shareholders aren't really loving this because BlackBerry's looking at being sold for four point seven billion dollars. That sounds like a lot of money, but when it comes out um, down to shareholders, that works out to about nine dollars a share. That's not really great when you consider that BlackBerry stock used to be worth thirty dollars a share, and even a year ago was still worth eleven. Honestly, well, if they're selling for less than five billion dollars, that's like five quarters that they've got where there's any value left in the company. That's a good point. Because <laughs> they're if they're losing a billion dollars a quarter, um, every three months, you're losing that much money. You don't have a whole lot of time. You're looking at fifteen months before that company is like cracker, cracker jack price. Give it a give it another year. You can pick them up at the swap meet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll trade you this turntable, and Frampton comes alive. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> It'd be like the Manhattan Island all over again. Oh, that would be so awesome. Here are some beads. I will take all of Blackberry. What did you trade those beads for? They had value. <laughs> you could make a bracelet or something out of them. Berry Blackberry. It'll grow a beanstalk, and you can go up and kill a giant. There's a lot of bees in that. Um, so... I don't know. I'm still not going to. Uh, yeah, I'm still not going to um, foresee their death, only because I've been burned so many times by that. But really, I mean, I, we have to be into the final straight now. I imagine. I mean, but we've been saying that since we started this show. I mean, Blackberry is—they're freaking roach. They won't die. So, are we just really good at this, or were they better than we expected? I think a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because, you know, we're just a couple idiots with Mike um, and some software that we can put out on the Internet. But I will give I will give them this. Somehow, somehow, BlackBerry managed to stay alive longer than anyone in the tech industry expected. I don't know how. Obviously, there's some business savvy there that I didn't understand. And more power to them. I feel bad that those people have lost their jobs. And in a way, I feel bad that uh, such a mainstay of the tech industry is going this way. I would have loved to see another actual contender to go up against Android and iOS and Windows Phone. But, um... Well, competition makes everything better. And the more competitors you've got, the better, in theory, the better quality products you're going to be having on the market because everybody's going to have to outdo everyone else. Yeah. And losing a competitor like BlackBerry, regardless of how serious of a competitor they are, you're still losing a competitor. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Okay, I'm um, into other smartphone technology. Um, Gecko. What is this? I didn't actually... You brought this up. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody asked me to talk about this. It's, it's some Kickstarter that they're doing, and it, it adds smart features to your smartphone. It, so. it looks like it's a set of, um, it, it's called Gecko. it's on Indiegogo, and it's a set of sensors, it looks like, and using this you're able to remotely activate your your phone to do photo clicks, music control, send current locations. Basically, it, it sounds like it's almost turning it into uh, a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino device. 
Yeah. Only it's already built. It's already your smartphone. You can just do much more with it. Yeah. So it enhances your smartphone. Like I said, I got asked by a friend if I'd talk about it. I don't know why. I don't know if he's got financial interest in it or whatnot. Maybe we just did a, con- a uh, unpaid advertisement for these guys. But it, regardless, it does look pretty interesting. And, you know, anything that can enhance your smartphone uh, is something that we tend to enjoy. So You know, um, while we're talking about friends and raising funds, uh, you know who else is trying to raise funds right now? And I'm hoping you answer because I don't have it pulled up. But uh, Krypton Radio is actually doing another fundraiser drive. Sorry, I was taking a drink. I, yeah, uh, caught me with a mouthful of Mountain Dew. Yeah, uh, KryptonRadio.com is doing another uh, uh, fundraising t- uh, thing to drive funds towards the radio station. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of details out about it yet, which we feel horrible for, considering it's already been going for like a week and a half. We're not very good friends. I apologize. But, but we try. We'll have the link in the show notes. Definitely go check it out. They do so much for the geek world. It would be really nice to uh, to give back to that station and all of our friends there. Okay. Into Apple. A lot of Apple news the last few weeks. Well, you know, you launch a few new phones and a new quote-unquote update, and that's what happens. Welcome to Android iOS users. Okay, so I deal with the mobile phones at my work a lot. It's not my only job, but it's a big one, and everyone brings their phones into me. And lately, I've been dealing so much with iOS 7. I've been up to my eyeballs in iOS 7, and that update seems to have broken everything that I've done with those phones. And half the people, at least half the people, um, hate it. They, oh, really? They hate it. The white button on a white background with light gray text, uh, the novelty wears off. <laughs> Especially when all the text is light gray. They have no clue where to click. Just start randomly mashing it. Yeah, well, here's a good, in- a good instance. If you've not used iOS before, I mean, if you have, you know what I'm talking about. But if you've not, uh, it used to be that you keep swiping all the way to the left and you will reach a, a search screen. And from there, you can search anything on the phone. And it was unmatched in Android and Windows Phone and BlackBerry. No one else had anything like it. You'd start typing in. It would search your contacts, your mail, your text messages, the web, your apps, everything. Very, very, very handy. Now, no more search screen. Now you have to randomly find kind of the center of your screen and swipe down to some corner. I think it's up. Because I think if you swipe down, it does something else. It's the worst feature from BlackBerry 10 brought into iPhone. And BlackBerry 10 was not very intuitive. So, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of weird stuff. But, even worse, the NYPD wants users to upgrade to iOS 7 because they think that it's going to help drop the amount of stolen phone calls they get. Uh, Not phone calls, but the amount of calls they get about stolen iPhones. It has security features that are supposed to lock people out, so people are going to be less likely to kite phones. Unfortunately, evidently, no one has ever told criminals that. They don't care if they can't unlock it. They're going to sell it anyway. What, you mean they don't go through and factory reset it so that all your information is not... Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Who cares about unlocking the phone? They're just going to wipe the thing anyway and sell it. Uh, But the problem with this is, is the fact that, as has been... It's shown now uh, no less than four times in the last week and a half, the security on it is broken. It's practically non-existent. The passcode screen now has three different bypasses. I take that back. It now only has one, because Apple did launch iOS 7.02 today. Okay. 
So, and that took care of two of the issues. The third one, however, um, still allows you to bypass the security lock, enter in a phone number that calls out to another thing and starts charging up uh, international calls. Oh, nice. So, good job there, Apple. Also, um, another group has hacked the fingerprint scanner. That unbreakable bit of uh, protection that's on the front of the phone that you're supposed to be able to uh, unlock your phone with. Yeah, they found a way to bypass that. Yeah, You know, biometrics are supposed to be, like, the best for for security and whatnot. But if they can be bypassed like like that, you know, we're going to have to start seeing retinal scans or whatnot. But then, of course, the criminals will just take out the people's eyeballs like they do in the movie. But, um... All in the name of iPhones. It is. It is. Yeah, I. Hmm. I don't know quite what what Apple is thinking with all these holes. But maybe they're just you know they're wanting to use an iPhone without having to pay any money to Apple. You know they want to live the dream. Apple Maps uh, has evidently not been fixed as well as people would like. Uh, the Fairbanks International Airport has had their share of drivers trying to get onto the runway. <laughs> Yeah, Apple Maps is telling people how to get onto the runway. Oh, got to go down to the corner store and get a quick soda and take a ride on the runway. I mean, admittedly, if you're telling your phone that you need the most direct route to get to your terminal, okay, so we got to give it credit there. Yes, driving directly up to A12 (laughs) will get you to your flight. However, I don't think that's really the route you're supposed to be taking. No, they've had, they've had at least a couple instances, I think, in the last two weeks where where it's been happening. And it's just, you know, Apple really did not do themselves any any service when they got rid of Google Maps. They really did not. Uh, Fairbanks International has taken to barricading the entrance ramp. <laughs> this kind of reminds me, I mean, the last time we got a headline about Apple Maps, remember it was leading people to the middle of the Australian yeah. wilderness? With no water and no gas services for hundreds of miles. And people were, like, dying. <laughs> but, you know, the interesting thing about this, and my first thought when I saw this article was, don't we have, like, security that would, like, prevent people from driving out onto the runway? I mean, granted, this is Alaska, but um, still, they've got to have people there doing moose or keeping moose off or something. I I don't know. How, how, do, you, how do you just let people drive onto your runway at an airport. I mean, after 9-11, wasn't security implemented so this kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore? I don't know. Maybe Maps is so good it tells you how to bypass security. In any case... (laughs) Here's the back door. Siri, take me to Area 51. Siri, take me to Skywalker... or Skywalker Ranch? Skinwalker Ranch. Skywalker Ranch would be cool, too. Yeah, I don't think it's on there, either. No. Um... In a bit of fun, however, poked at iOS, a uh, an advertisement overseas uh, was put up, and it looked exactly like the Apple ads. And it says that if you update to iOS 7, it will waterproof your phone. The logic being that the new software actually implements some uh, emergency measures that shut off the battery and protect the delicate circuitry. Obviously, it's a lie. It's a spoof. It was not put out by Apple. It was put out by a bunch of uh, people on 4chan, which should have been people's first guess. Well, the awesome thing about this, too, is how many people think that a software update is going to actually update your hardware. You know, I, I know that it can add, firmware can add 
additional functionality to to hardware and whatnot. But if it's causing everything to to lock down and whatnot, that just that's so far fetched in my opinion. That the fact that people are falling for it just cracks me up, and they deserve what they get. I I, I love the tweets because immediately people took to Twitter when they called uh, Apple, and Apple had to say, "Well, yeah, that's not covered under warranty. What were you thinking?" And so one person writes, "Whoever said iOS seven was waterproof, bleep you." Uh, another person said, "WTF? iOS seven isn't waterproof. Now my phone's at the bottom of a river." <laughs> Um, even if it were waterproof. Why is it at the bottom of a river instead of like in the toilet or something? You know, so I ran it under the sink just to test it. And hey, it didn't work. Versus you threw it in a river. Even if it was waterproof, it's still in a river. <laughs> oh, that's too awesome. Uh, so, yeah, um, I guess damage done. If you were dumb enough to believe this and then dumb enough to throw it in a river, you can't really blame the people for making the ad. <laughs> No, no. They serve their purpose. They got the fools. I kind of expect that you would have found a way to throw your phone in a river regardless. <laughs> you, I don't know. I don't know what. It would have been a bet. It would have been just a dumb, drunken idea one night. But eventually that phone was going to die. You know, I, I can't help but think here of, of Moss from the IT crowd dropping his phone out of his pocket into the toilet. And he could have really used iOS 7 at this point. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't have got stuck in the claw machine. You know what's really dumb, though, is despite all these errors and these these problems, is that the iPhone 5S and 5C have still been selling like gangbusters. Not as high as before, but a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. They're making their money off of it. And now the 5C is launching. And if you've been watching our Facebook, I posted it, uh, one of their newest ads, which I think is the most inadvertently racist ad I've ever seen in my life. And I'll describe this to you. It's basically a lot of people all saying hello in some way that is other than hello. Now, it ends with, finally, the iPhone for colorful people. For colored people? What? Here, here's here's why I say this is inadvertently racist, and I'm not trying to like make a fight where there isn't one. I don't see racism in everything, but if you compare all previous Apple ads, young, attractive-looking hipsters, for lack of a better word, not all of them were. Some prof- professionals, but all of them rather affluent. They all have other Apple products. They're all at coffee shops, or they're actors and actresses, and they all fit a certain stereotype, right? Yeah. I mean, you can watch it and you can tell, oh, yeah, that person's an Apple user. Oh, yeah, I know they're actors and actresses, but I totally believe they use Apple. And this one, suddenly, you have hippies and gypsies and skaters and a lot of ethnicities and old people. And, hey, look, there's now an iPhone for you people, too. How am I supposed to take that? Yeah, that's a really good point. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've Apple, you know, in all their marketing efforts... Up to this point, it's all it's all geared towards pretty people. And now, if they're advertising to everyone else, what does that make everyone else? We're a bunch of mongoloid freaks. Look, we made a pretty shiny plastic phone that's hard to break for you guys. Yeah, it's even cheaper. Yeah, I, that's mixed message there. I mean, if you look at you remember back when the Sidekick was a big phone? What'd they do? They got all the, the pop artists, all the pop artists and yeah. Paris Hilton and rappers. They surrounded it with celebrity. Windows Phone's doing the same thing to lesser effect. Well, I shouldn't say lesser effect. They've been doing it to great effect, but to little re- result. 
And that's what they do. Android just saturates the market. They do the shotgun approach. We'll just throw so many products at the market, something's going to stick. Yeah. Uh, Apple has always been, we're the pretty people. You want to be one of the pretty people, right? Buy an Apple. Okay? And that kind of, I mean, it works. I'm not judging. It, it works. I judge. He judges. I don't. But it works. And, you know, so what? You buy an Apple because you want to be like that. All advertising bases off that. But all of a sudden they have this ad. But if you're not pretty, we have a special phone for you, too. And it's it's cheaper just for you. We're seeing across the board now, I think this is starting to cut in to Apple's bottom line. And the reason I say that, this isn't a talking point or anything. Again, I'm not trying to bait a race war or anything. I think you should try. <laughs> Yay ratings. Let's, let's see what happens. We'll be chased off the internet with their virtual pitchforks and torches. Um, just like in Minecraft all over again. Uh, that's okay. We can use those virtual pitchforks to help feed our virtual cows. Yes. Um, it used to be, and this was their strength, it used to be that you just bought an iPhone because that's all that was there. And if you didn't think too hard about it, you bought the next one. And that's okay. You know, Squishy, uh, Dr. Squishy, one of our contributors, he uses iPhones all the time. I used an iPhone. That's fine. Not everyone puts huge amounts of effort into determining their next phone. It's not their priority. And that's absolutely fine. But it used to be that you just bought an iPhone because you didn't think about it. And Android was something that required too much thought. There were too many options. There were too many things. The OS wasn't as as pretty. It didn't flow well enough. Well, Apple has lost that war. The new versions of Android are very pretty. They flow perfectly well, and they're still just as customizable. And it's going to become a point here, and I believe soon, where people are no longer simply choosing iOS out of habit. The same thing happened to BlackBerry. People just bought BlackBerry. Yep. Why? Well, because my last phone was a BlackBerry. And it worked great. And it worked great. And you know what? That's what I've always used. And I don't put a lot of thought into it. I just stick with the familiar. And that's okay. Nokia used to be people's old familiar. Palm and Handspring and, you know, all those other ones. If you turn into someone's old familiar, the phone they reach for simply because they didn't give it a lot of thought, your days are numbered. They're going to stop thinking about you. Yeah. After a while, it's like, well, wait a minute. Why am I choosing this phone? Why am I doing that? People change. They want new phones. I don't know if that means Windows Phone is going to take off. I would hope so. I'm a fan. I, well, I for reasons I talked about earlier with competition, I hope Windows Phone takes off. I'd love to see it get 30% of the market. Yeah, but it's very possible that iOS will fall below those thresholds. I think so. I, You know, we're seeing a lot of signs that... Apple is not doing so good. And, you know, I saw something today. I don't know what the price point on the the 5C is. I think it's like 150 See, that's what I thought, too. But someone was complaining that it's like 549 And they were complaining today about how Apple says, well, we're putting out an affordable option, but it was still 549 And maybe it's like 149 on contract and 549 without. I don't know exactly. But... Um, yeah, people, there's a lot of crap being talked about Apple out there. Okay, yeah, 5C with contract on AT&T is 200 bucks. That's no less expensive than the 5S. No, that's that's not a really affordable option. I mean, an affordable option is is something like Alcatel would put out, you know, 99 bucks or the phone that you'd pick 
go. Okay, we're both right and we're both wrong. Sixteen gig, ninety nine dollars. Thirty two gig, one ninety nine. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Okay, I don't know where this person was getting their five forty nine option from. But. Okay, and the five S one ninety nine for sixteen, two ninety nine for thirty two, and three ninety nine for sixty four. And of course, those are all the uh, contract prices. So yeah. imagine it being a lot more if you're to buy it outright. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was, not on contract. But. Yeah. But that's a lot of money for a device that you're just getting because why not? You're getting because it hasn't, or it came out twice before and you missed it that time, or you got it those times and you need to get it again. Feel obligated. Yeah, like I said, I'm not going to judge. Zoner might judge. I, I will judge, and I will judge harshly. Zoner at StolenDroids.com. Yes, um, but. Again, I, I don't see them holding their their market edge if they keep with the strategy. No, I really think that I think they've lost their edge, and I think their edge, I think their edge went into the ground with Steve Jobs. And I know that's kind of an insensitive way to put that, but I, I think that their edge is gone. They they're no longer innovative. I mean, their phone looks like Android. iOS seven looks like Android. Android users are making fun of Apple users because y'all are now using Androids, as developed by Palm. <laughs> yes. Okay. Into the bit of Microsoft news, we'll jump to the next headline here. Microsoft did have a press announcement where they released, revealed the Surface 2. Now, the Surface was their Windows 8 tablet. There was the Surface RT, which is Windows RT, which was totally confusing to everyone. And then the Surface Pro, which was a full version of Windows. Well, they've decided to ditch that. Now on, the Surface 2 is Windows RT. Surface Pro Surface 2 Pro is the full version of Windows. That's still too confusing for most people, as it seems. Yes. I mean, I get it, but it's my job to get it. Most people are not going to understand that. If you want a Microsoft Surface, get the Pro. Bottom line. But um, the problem here is, is that it looks exactly the same. Like, exactly the same as all previous versions of the Surface. I think it's a tiny, tiny bit thinner. They've upgraded the battery. They've given it a Core i5, better power savings. So it runs a lot better. It has no fans. That's cool. But they've all they've done is upgrade the internals. And considering that people weren't real happy with the Surface before, I was kind of surprised they didn't actually upgrade it. Well, their advertising, I think, this time around has been a lot more effective, too. I saw a commercial uh, the other night where I was watching TV with my kids, and even my nine-year-old picked up on this, where they've got the Surface going up against Siri, and Siri's realizing that Apple just doesn't have all the cool stuff like USB ports and whatnot. Yeah, and see, that is a better way to advertise than crazy schoolgirls dancing in unison. Yeah, that, but... That was frightening. Even my nine-year-old picked up on that. He's like, oh, wow, they're really... They're really taking it to Apple, aren't they, Dad? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm proud of you for and, noticing. Yes. But, I mean, I think their marketing this time around is a lot more intelligent. And it seems to be everywhere. And it seems to be effective. So, will that translate into sales? I guess time will tell. But Now, they did release a new accessory, which a light bulb kind of went off in my head. Uh, Microsoft has that smart cover for the Surface where it snaps onto the side. It acts as a cover, but when you open it up, it acts as a full keyboard. and It's an actual hardware keyboard. They have a new one, which is actually really, really awesome. And it is a mixer board. And it's a, it's a soft-touch mixer board. So it's an actual dedicated accessory. I'm trying to find a picture of it here so Zoner can see. 
And of course, I won't see it there because they've changed all their pictures. But it kind of opened up my eyes going, wait a minute, if they could get other manufacturers to hop in there and get accessories for the surface that clip right onto the side, say you're a DJ, get this mixer board. All you need then is, you know, a nice speaker set and some amps, and you can do everything from your surface. Yep. Say you're a photographer, get, I don't know, a, a better uh, interface for all your cameras. It's really, really cool, the ability to... Uh, well, and you look at, the, at at things like GoPro, for example, the GoPro camera. All the accessories that they have on that, that's just um, straight-up awesome, the stuff you can do. If they can start getting partnerships to bring those kinds of things to the surface. I mean, that's I think that's brilliant. I see what you did there. Bring it to the surface. Yeah. If we could bubble up to the surface. It, it was actually inner, inadvertent, but it, it worked well. It worked well. Yeah, so... Oh, I can't find that picture of it. I'll find one later and put it on. Um, same prices, really. I mean, I don't know. I personally think that Microsoft needs to do more to... Uh, Yep, there, there it is. Okay. It, it's kind of like a dubstep. What you see, those dubstep mixer boards, it, it's kind of one of those things where it takes samples. It's really, really cool. In any case, I would expect Microsoft to do more to redesign it, to try and bring out a second round that would just blow people's socks off after the first. But evidently, they're not taking that route. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, you know, I really want to see the Microsoft Surface do well. I... And I'm not I'm not the big Microsoft fanboy that you are, Zook, but I I just like companies that do things well to do them successfully and for people to recognize, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really hope that this does well for them. Okay. Um, into our other news that isn't based around the big three. Uh, well, I should say big two and a half because we didn't talk about Google. No, we didn't. Uh, does BlackBerry count, though? Is no, that's the half. Oh, okay. So uh, California has decided to enact a law. I don't know if it's actually been passed yet, but it gives the ability for kids under the age of 15 to have a virtual reset button on all the stuff they've ever posted. They say that this way, kids, upon later retrospection, can undo some of the more stupid things they may have said so it doesn't come back to haunt them later on. This is fine in theory, and we've talked about this, you know, things that kids say online it's there forever. They go for a job interview 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, and, oh, hey, did you put this racist rant on YouTube? Well, yeah, but I was a dumb 10-year-old. You know, dumb things like that. Here's the issue. The most you could possibly enforce this on are sites based inside California. You can't make a law about the Internet within a state. But that covers Facebook. Well, and even then, Facebook has servers all over the place. Yeah, but the they're com- headquartered. They're headquartered there, but the rest of the company isn't. True. You know, and even then, that only counts what you have said. It doesn't count what people have said about you. Although they do have services that go out and scrub your Google search results for a price. Yeah. And they are fairly effective looking at um, my mayor's search results. <laughs> <laughs> That's time. That's a story for another time. Yes, it is. Um, but it only counts what people, what you have said. It doesn't count what people have said about you. Well, no. that's half the bullying online. D- does it do? Does it do images and whatnot? So if you're 13 years old doing a beer bong, 
you know, and you post a picture of that as your profile pic on Facebook, 15 years down the road when you go to apply for that job, are they are they going to be protected from seeing that? Well, who knows? Also, and, and this is, was brought up on Gizmodo, what about online bullies? What's to keep someone from being just the worst possible wretched human being on Earth towards someone else? And then hitting the reset button, thereby completely erasing all the evidence. Ooh, that's, that's actually a really good point. I mean, I, California, we applaud your efforts, but I don't really see it actually working. You know, for as many tech companies as there are in California, you think that they would have a better grasp of how the internet actually works and how technology actually works. It could be worse. It could be Florida. It could be. Or Alaska. Not that we hate Floridians or even the state, but Florida has tried to pass a lot of really weird technology laws. Yeah, and Alaska elects people that think the internet's just a series of tubes. Yeah, but then it sends it to jail. But yeah. it sends them to jail, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, the FAA has long been considering, and in fact, we reported on this like a year ago, but they've just now finally, uh, they're, uh, they're about to make their recommendation to the board, whoever the board is, that people be allowed to use electronics more in flight, so long as they're in airplane mode. I'd like to take you to last week. Last week, my wife and I flew out to Kansas City, and we had to make a layover in Denver. To make the flight to Denver from Utah, you have to sit on the plane, on the tarmac, for 20 minutes. You then spend the next 20 minutes rising up to a certain altitude. You spend 15 minutes at altitude, and spend the next 20 minutes descending back to the airport, back to Denver. And the same in reverse. The problem is, with the current FAA rules... Only the 15 minutes you're at altitude, you're actually able to use your electronics. The rest of the time, you're just sitting there staring at the back of your screen, which now is a direct TV feed that says if you want to watch TV, you have to pay four bucks. This is ridiculous because it's long been proven that in most commercial airlines, they get absolutely no interference from small electronics in the back. Furthermore, like my wife's Kindle. My wife had to turn her Kindle off. The Kindle is e-ink paper. It's an e-ink display. It doesn't actually use power even to hold this image on the screen. It uses less power than a wristwatch. It has no radios. Well, it has a Wi-Fi radio, but it pulls such little data, it doesn't matter, and she had that on airplane mode anyway. She still had to turn it, quote-unquote, off and put it in her purse as to not crash the plane. When you turn a Kindle off, it doesn't actually turn off. It just changes the display to a static image. It's using just as much power, quote-unquote, off, as it was when she was reading it. I'm still fixed on, you call the e-ink paper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Nexus 7 I was using at the time, I came around and the lady was like, very nice. She was very nice flight attendant, said, sorry, sir, I need you to turn that off and put it away. Uh, okay. And I put it into airplane mode. She's like, no, no, I need it off. So I turned off the screen. Thank you very much. The screen, turning off the screen doesn't turn off the device. Nope. The device is still on just as much as it was five seconds ago, but they just want the, the screen off. So I understand the worry about actual takeoff and landing. You don't want tablets or phones or laptops bouncing around, hitting people. That's a hazard. You, no one needs that. But for the most part, on climb and descent, let people read. Let people have these devices. If they have screaming kids and their ears are popping because they're descending into an airport, let them have the freaking iPad, for heaven's sakes. Well, you know, you don't make people put away their books when they're reading. When I flew to Reno a few years ago, I had to put my tablet away. 
They said, you know, or no, I didn't. It was just my phone. I had to turn my phone off and put it away. They're like, you can't have it. I'm just reading a comic book. I'm in airplane mode. It doesn't matter. It's it's going to cause us to crash. Pretty sure it wouldn't cause us to crash. Yeah, I mean, a, a e-ink paper display <laughs> is no more likely to crash the plane than the issue of Sky Mall sitting there in the seat back. Ooh, Sky Mall. Now there's some fine reading for when you can't read your comic books on your tablet. Because who doesn't need a 96 foot? A map of the world. You know, I really just want the the big fake rock to hide my key from everyone. And the kitty litter auto sweeper. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a, need that. I don't have a cat, but hey, you know, I'll, I'll poop in the box and let it clean it. While the FAA is making much more sense in this, the FDA, on the other hand, has decided not to. All those health apps, like, okay, no matter what smartphone you have right now, go to the app store or the app market or whatever your phone calls it and search for health and marvel at all the apps that pull up telling you how to diet, how to run, how to do yoga, how to sleep. They're everywhere. They're nonstop. The FDA has said, yeah, we're not going to put out any guidelines for those. That's outside of our purview. Do they regulate, like, diet books and stuff? Mm, no, not really. Okay, so then they shouldn't do this, too. They're staying consistent. I'm good with that. <laughs> They're staying consistent in that they don't really actually care. Yeah. So I... long as it's not actively poisoning you. It's just kind of weird to me that they, they wouldn't even put out uh, guidelines. If I were to write an app, put it on the BlackBerry World Market like I've done before, that says you should eat uh, tapeworms. Tapeworms will definitely help you lose weight. They will. Uh, they totally will. They also could kill you. I um, could use a tapeworm about now. According to the FDA, I'm perfectly fine doing that. Because there's no guideline in place that blocks that. But would they regulate, like, the fitness apps and stuff, too? Like, zombies run? Oh, you're only encountering zombies every mile. You need to have them encounter them every 1.5 miles. I don't think so, because I think, you know, an exercise program is different than a nutrition app or uh, another type of health or dieting app. I don't know. Maybe we're seeing this from different standpoints. I just think it's really, really weird. They have said they will monitor ones that are actually part of other health systems. So, like, there's Android apps or or iPhone apps that are used to integrate with heart monitors or blood pressure monitors or, you know, Does the FDA regulate heart rate monitors? I guess so. Or the FCC does or someone does. Wow, that's weird. Okay, cool. Whatever. After all this, I don't know what the FDA does anymore. They they just, I, I just see them as another level of government bureaucracy that we could do without. And I know someone's going to say, oh, but your food will poison you without them. We we seem to do <laughs> we seem to do okay without. I'm sorry, I made Zoner laugh here. I actually pulled up the app. <laughs> Someone else has pulled up a picture of just health and fitness, and like number what is that nine on the list? Right ahead of Weight Watchers is the period tracker. Hey, I think it's I think it's an English grammar thing. Yes, um, <laughs> just that. number twelve is actually the semicolon. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how it has a little pretty flower there. I guess it would have been funnier if I had said the colon tracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's got this pretty little flower there. So if you need to, I don't know, track your grammar, um, that that's a good way. Yeah. Helps helps know when Shark Week is upon you. Oh jeez, <laughs> is that what you call it in your household? I have my reasons. <laughs> we, just, we just know it as the shining. <laughs> Red Rob. Okay, so um, another Gotham TV show is in the works. Now, it's not Batman per se. It's Batman inspired. And it's going to focus on James Gordon, like 
I don't know, when he first gets to Gotham or something. With, but the thing about this that really surprises me is Warner Brothers puts all their shows on the CW. You've got Smallville, you've got Arrow, now they're developing a Flash series. This is going on Fox, and Fox has put it on a fast track to production. They want this on the air, and it takes place before Batman enters the picture, which is interesting because it kind of tells me that they're going to throw Batman Year One out the window. This kind of confuses me, too, because Gordon... I mean, Gordon... I, I like Gordon. I've always liked Gordon as a character. Yeah. But in every single continuity I've ever read, Gordon is an honest cop who can't make it in the Gotham PD because it's too corrupt. He needs Batman to, to make his ascent to commissioner. Yes. So what is Gordon before Batman? I don't know. I think in year one he was in Chicago or something. Are, are we going to see this in Chicago? But then why would it be called Gotham? I, it, it really confuses me. Uh, this reminds me a bit, a bit very abstractly, I, I grant you. Um, sci-fi, after Battlestar Galactica ended, they decided to go back and do a prequel. You know, of, Yeah, Caprica, where it was the Adama family and the rise of the uh, of the centurions of the uh, the Cylons. The Cylons, yeah. Thank you. Brain fart. Yep. And it just went so meta. The, th- the entire series was weird, and it ended up not being very Battlestar Galactica at all. Is that what they're going to do here? Is the same kind of thing? It's so far before Batman that it's not really Batman at all. It's just kind of. The Gordons. It's it's a cop show set in a world where Batman eventually enters the picture. You know, will we see the Waynes? Is is it that far forward that we're going to be seeing Gordon as a rookie cop? I mean, I I think they're going to have to throw out all the comic book continuity on this one and just kind of do their own thing. Which you know, if they do it well, fans will forgive. But, but yeah, I I don't know what to expect here. Yeah, let's, let's re- remember too, in Batman Begins. Gordon was a beat cop when the Waynes were shot. Remember, he, he yes. gave he gave Bruce his coat. Yes, I know the movie isn't the comic book continuity, but if they're making a TV show, they will at least try and align it with the movies because that's greatest in the public consciousness. Yeah, you know, or at least they should. Uh, if they find some really obscure origin story in the comics, no one's going to get it because only a handful of readers actually read that comic. It's just the sad truth of comics and TV shows. If they do that, that means it's an entire series about a beat cop trying to make it in this world. I mean, it's Turner and Hooch. Yeah, it's it's every other cop show that's ever been made. So, uh, who knows? Uh, in happy news, happy for Zoner, we found out today, actually, that the Smithsonian has inducted some new exhibits. It's the Muppets. Yes, on Tuesday it was Jim Henson's, it would have been Jim Henson's 77th birthday, and the Smithsonian inducted 19 Muppets. Yeah, 21. 21 Muppets, excuse me. Uh, 21 Muppets into the Smithsonian, which, you know, I think is, is very awesome. And the cool thing about this is they are the original Muppets that Jim Henson first started using back way, way, way long time ago. Um, I find this impressive because I would have thought that after that much wear and tear, that much usage, they would not look as good as they did. But they look just like I remember them as as a kid. Well, I think that these pictures that they're showing are not the actual ones that they inducted. Um, Because Cookie Monster is green, um, I believe. Uh, No, he's blue. No, that's that's not the right picture, though. But they say in the article that that Cookie... This was before Cookie Monster was blue and... He was eating IBM computers instead of cookies, and 
you know, it's it's actually really cool. And this this is just one more thing that makes me want to go to the Smithsonian even more than I've I've wanted to. The one problem that they have though, and a commenter got this, is they make Bert look too happy in the picture. Uh, yeah, everyone knows Bert was on the verge of murdering Ernie he most was, of the time. I, I'm surprised that Bert did not end up in like some maximum security facility at some point. He loved him too much. He, and anyone who tries telling me otherwise is in denial. <laughs> but they had Prairie Dawn, which made me happy because I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, she hasn't been around for a while. Um, they got I can't remember his name, um, but he was the, the owner of the Muppet Theater. He was only in a few episodes of the Muppets, but... Um, but he he was he was mentioned quite frequently, and it scared scared the crap out of Kermit quite quite often when his name was mentioned. Um, J.P. Gross. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then they got the Wilkins Coffee Muppet too, um, which was from a coffee commercial years and years ago. I think that was actually before the rest of the Muppets were made. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah, Kermit the Kermit puppet that they're inducting. Um, is not a frog, which I don't know what Kermit was before he was a frog. But it, it's going to be a pretty cool display. 21 different Muppets. So, Oh, he is a frog. He just looks very different. No, that's actually the coffee one, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, we're looking at a picture here. Yeah. So they that, do have that a couple, shows us how, much, how different they look now. Yeah, they, they do have a couple fraggles as well. Traveling Matt and um, can't, can't remember which fraggle. It's not red, though, so... Um, but yeah, they it good for them. Congratulations and thank you, uh, Hanson Productions, for donating those to the Smithsonian so, so they can people, be preserved. People can enjoy them for generations to come. Uh, Facebook has decided they want your credit card. Well, why not? They have all your other information, right? I'm surprised they don't already have your credit card. <laughs> don't worry about it. You've entered everything else. We just figured out what it was. <laughs> uh, they want to help you with um, purchases. Really, they want you to buy credits for their games. Now, they tried this a few years ago with their Facebook credits, and that seems to have been a horrible, horrible flop from what I can tell. Well, now they're trying to spin it in such a way that you know how when you sign into certain forums or websites, you can use your Facebook login? Yep. Well, wouldn't it be handy if you could go onto retailer sites and automatically use your Facebook login. You don't have to... Let's say, for instance, you are buying something at wienerschnitzel.com, okay? They don't have an online store, so that's why it's safe to use them. Well, now, as the system currently stands, you have to create an account at wienerschnitzel.com, enter in your payment information, and manage it from there. Facebook now wants you to register everything with them, and they'll set up an API with wienerschnitzel.com. So when you go there and you say, I want four chili dogs, you sign in with your Facebook account, and you use the payment on file there. Kind of like what you sometimes do right now with Amazon, the one-click pay. Yeah, but then the problem with that, too, is your trainer at the gym knows you just bought four chili dogs. It also then adds a status. For, <laughs> it updates your status. Zoner just entered card number such, such and such. Zoner is getting fatter. He just bought 23,000 calories worth of chili dogs. And no one will care until Zuckerberg's own credit card gets put in his status, and then suddenly the... Oh, yeah. No, we kid, but only to a degree. With how many security breaches Facebook has had with personal information, I don't know if this is a piece of information we want out there. Why? I don't know why anybody would do that. In fact, I think there's, I think Amazon may be the only company where I've saved my credit card information. PayPal? Oh, yeah, PayPal, too. Uh, now, if, if anyone thinks we're being unfair, I, I challenge you this. Go into your Facebook 
and find all the pages you have ever liked and allowed your information. And if you know exactly where that page is, you're better than I, because they've moved it around so much that I'll bet you nine out of 10 people don't know all the other apps that have access to their information. Yep, I That's don't. scary if all of a sudden those apps have access to your credit card. Yeah, well, it's to prevent some disgruntled 22-year-old kid who's drowning in student debt to not steal your information and... Yeah, I mean, another good way of looking at it is, let's say that one site is compromised, okay? Using the same login on that site as you use for other sites is dangerous because then they have that information for all the other sites. Yep. That's why it's sometimes nice to actually have multiple username and logins. Uh, Moving on, since we're running low on time here, a judge... uh, so patent trolls, we've, we've often brought up the patent trolls really like Texas because Texas is relatively friendly to patent trolls. Well, in this particular case, uh, Texas decided they didn't want to hear it. So it got put up to a district court in, um, in Northern California who are less friendly to patent trolls. The patent troll in question, as it turns out, is uh, Network Protection Sciences. That doesn't sound vague at all. <laughs> and they were suing um, oh, who, Fortinet. It's a security vendor, uh, yeah. Fortinet. Fortinet. Yeah. Uh, which is a Texas-based company, strangely enough. They were suing them because Fortinet, they said, was using technology that was one of their patents. Well, as it turned out, they didn't own the patent in question until after they filed the lawsuit. They filed the lawsuit first. Fortinet said... Wait a minute, we had an agreement. We've been using this patent under license. NPS says, uh-uh, because we just bought it, and we say you don't now. Oh, man, that's dirty. Well, so the lawyers for Fortinet wanted this thrown out because it was obviously just so preposterous. The judge says, no, I'm not going to throw it out. And in fact, I'm going to make the lawyers for the patent trolls explain to the jury exactly what this tactic is they're using. And so he held them uh, under threat of contempt of court and made them explain to the jury patent trolling 101, completely humiliating them. And the back and forth between the, the counsel and the court is just hilarious. We'll put it in the show notes. If you have a chance, make sure to check it out. It took me a couple of read-throughs to figure out everything they were saying because I'm not a lawyer, but it's quite funny. What did the judge call this? Litigation misconduct or yeah, something? Yeah, he actually held them in contempt for that. That is that is just awesome. I wish every judge would do this to every patent troll out there. Uh, our last headlines, that's two and one, are kind of cool things that have happened this week in the world of science. Uh, for one, Curiosity found water on Mars. As it turns out. How it, curious. It's quite actually common. It's in all the sand. They scooped up a bunch of sand, they incinerated it as hot as they could get, got all the impurities out of there, and they found out that there's like two liters of water in every cubic meter of sand. That's a lot of water. That is. So how much sand do we have, or how much water do we have in our sand? Well, I'm not really sure. What I mean, We could probably pull up wool from Alpha and find out. But they're saying that at some point, there was a, that Mars used to look like Earth. Significant amount of water on the planet. Yeah, totally. They've also found there was running water on the surface because they've found clay beds and worn rocks that have been worn down by flowing rivers. Now, this gives us a lot of hope. If we were to ever land on Mars, all we'd have to do is scoop up sand and purify water out of it, and we'd have an actual abundant source of water. Too bad the radiation from the sun would kill us because there's no atmosphere, but 
that's, details. That's what domes are for. Yeah. I saw I saw Total Recall. Just do the dome. You're good. On the other hand, news. This one's just freaking cool. Scientists have figured out how to bind photons together into molecules. Photons, um, as first discovered by Einstein, I believe, are a unit of energy from a light source. Photons are energy, but they act as a particle half the time. Uh, they're very unique in that way. That's why you have photovoltaic cells and solar panels. They're not supposed to actually interact with each other, though, because they are just energy. Well, scientists have figured out how to get them to bind together as if they were a molecule, and it turns Turns out they act a lot like a lightsaber, a solid beam of solid light that they can use to cut and weld and slice and just make every geek boy freak out. You know, I've been wondering for years what it would take to do that. And uh, my engineering classes in college, we had this laser that would cut through anything. And I kept thinking if there was just some way to keep to terminate that laser so it wouldn't just shoot off and like slice people a mile away. This is better than a laser though because nothing yeah. can go through it. Or or a power ring. Ooh, that would be if cool. If you could make hard light constructs. Oh man, I have such a geek boner right now. You know though that if you make an actual lightsaber and hand it to somebody, first thing they're going to do is look at the end. <laughs> it's of the-, the worst possible idea. We, we geeks are the last ones you should be handing these kind of weapons to. But imagine it. it. It would be absolutely awesome. Well, we should do our favorite so Blasters. Before- Finally blasters. Oh, man. We could go on on this all night long. <laughs> all right. My favorite this week is an app called Songza. S-O-N-G-Z-A. It just launched for Windows Phone, which is how I discovered it. It turns out it's on iOS and Android and the web and everywhere. And it is an auto playlist maker. You basically tell it what kind of activity you're doing or what kind of mood you're in. And it will make a playlist for you and stream it to you. No ads. No problem. It has a sleep timer on it. So I've often said, okay, I'm falling asleep. Play something like this. And it does it great. I suggested it to Schmitty. Schmitty is a coder by by trade, and he listens to a lot of dubstep. Well, guess what? There was a coding dubstep playlist already made for him. It is genius. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. It is free. There is a paid version, too, but the free one is perfectly good. Uh, again, it's on the web as well, so if you want to listen to it at work, it's worth checking out. Songza, S-O-N-G-Z-A. Uh, my favorite is a video this week. I'm not a huge Justin Timberlake fan. Blasphemy. Uh, but he is, you know, he is talented. I will give him that. And he does seem like a genuinely cool guy. But he was on Jimmy Fallon the other night, and they were illustrating... What is like when people speak in hashtags? And they had a whole conversation where they hashtagged everything that they said. They sounded ridiculous. And they did sound hashtag ridiculous, but it was hashtag awesome. So uh, check it out. I was left hashtag loving it. Hashtag I almost peed from laughing so hard. Hashtag only you. Hashtag indeed. Well, hashtag that's our show this uh, week. Uh, Again, next time we hope we have more people for you, but we hope you didn't mind just the two of us. It was still fun, hopefully. uh, Night with Zoner and Zoot. Until next time, cheers. Good day.